Hi everyone, it's great to be here this morning. Um, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you, so thanks again for having me. So I actually just wanted to start off with um, a short story. So I remember as a young teen wanting to sit at the adults table um, rather than the kids table. I thought the adults table was always so much more interesting. There was more interesting conversation um, and discussion um, and maybe I thought I was grown up at that stage as well. So this was all good until one day I remember um, going to a lunch with my mum and some of her friends and I couldn't follow the conversation on euthanasia. Were they talking about young people in Asia? I really had no idea. Um, and I think we all experience um, something of this at different times in our life, sitting in the in-between of seasons. Um, so I quite like this, this quote on the slide um, that says, um, a teenager, when you're too young for half the things you wanna do and too old to do the other half. And I think this speaks to some of the awkwardness of the in-between of being a teenager. Um, and in some ways, the passage we're looking at today, um, Romans 8, 18 to 30, is similar. Um, we see the tension between being of this world um, and experiencing the groaning, yet awaiting the new creation. Um, so we're going to have a look at um, Romans 8, 18 to 30. Um, and first, I just want to actually look at what this groaning means. There's a lot of mention of this groaning in the passage. I wanted to dive deep into what that is. So the first thing, the passage starts off beautifully, um, kind of with this, this bigger vision. Um, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Immediately as we, we read this passage, we see that there is something ahead, this glory that will be revealed to us, and our present sufferings aren't worth comparing to that. Um, but then it kind of goes into um, and looks a bit more at what groaning means. So the first thing is that we see creation groans um, in verse 22, we groan in verse 23 and the spirit groans in verse 26. So we see these three groanings. Um, so firstly, verse 22, um, we know that the whole of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Um, verse 23, we ourselves groan inwardly, not only, selves, uh, not only so, but we ourselves groan inwardly as we e wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And the spirit groans as well. In verse 26, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Um, and that's something that strikes me about this groaning, when we see creation groaning, ourselves groaning, the spirit groaning, is that groaning is highly bodily. We feel it. Um, we feel it. Creation feels it. The spirit feels it. We're groaning, we're longing. Um, and this statue up on, the, up on the slides here is actually a statue of um, a sculpture of Michael, Michelangelo's. And it's called the Atlas Slave. So it's part of a series dubbed Prisoners. Um, and there's something that I just love about this statue um, of, this, of this slave, but just how, how the rock kind of is embodying him as well. Um, it kind of captures the weight of this groan, the weight of this groan that we feel, that we feel, creation feels, and the spirit feels as we kind of live in this in-between of being of this world, yet awaiting a future glory. But the other thing about groaning is that it's not just groaning for groaning's sake. Um, actually, this groaning comes hand in hand with eager expectation. This groaning and this longing come together. So in verse 23, we see, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. 
Um, so we're groaning as we are hoping. We are hoping that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Um, yes, I think this, this groaning captures something uh, where we see crea- creation, ourselves, and the spirit longing for the kingdom, longing for the full restoration of God's world. Um, and I think it's longing because it's connected to hope. We don't just groan for groaning's sake. Something is connected to something bigger. Um, I'd like to just share a quick example of where we've actually been seeing some of this groaning and tears work this year. Um, it's actually been a really hard year as the world has grappled with responding to COVID. So for all our partners across Asia and in parts of Africa as well, they've had to redirect and reprioritize their funding. So when some of the lockdowns hit in India um, and other places across Asia, it meant that suddenly families were at risk of going hungry and there was a greater risk at the time of potentially people dying from hunger than it was of COVID um, because it just meant so many people suddenly didn't have the money to provide food for their families. So a lot of our work has been reprioritized and redirected to just provide emergency food relief funding for some of the most marginalized and poorest communities um, that we work with. So this is the image on the screen of our partner in India, NICORD, um, and they're providing r- food relief to 65 vulnerable families there as well. So here at, like, at, at TIA, we've actually really felt this. We've felt for our partners. We've groaned with them. Creation has grown for them as we've seen this happen. But what does it look like to live in anticipation? While we are like a teenager and we're experiencing the groaning, we're also longing for what's ahead. Um, and I just love this passage because it speaks... to to something that creation is waiting for us. Um, Creation is waiting for us to become the children of God. Verse 19, for creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation is waiting for us to become something more. Um, Like a teenager becoming an adult, we're kind of in this transition of, of stepping into a future glory that is there, that is planned out for us. Um, yeah, so we're being made into the image of made, being made into the children of God as we await this future glory. Um, but as we live in anticipation, we actually need to embody something of that future glory, which I think is what this passage calls us to. And we need to embody something of of what awaits. Um, I guess, like a teenager beginning to act like an adult, they begin to they begin to live differently in light of what's ahead. Um, and the passage finishes off with this marvelous verse that I really love um, that says um, for those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified and those he justified he also glorified and the more I think about what it means to be glorified I think it's to be made like Christ like we are being transformed into Christ's image and that's kind of this continual work that happens over our lives where we become more and more like Jesus as we step into the future glory that he has laid for us there for us to become the children of God Creation is waiting for us to step into that. Um, So I thought I'd just share a couple of examples from Tia's work of where we're actually seeing communities embody something um, of Christ, embody something of this future glory. And the future glory is that um, creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay and we will be brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. It's a marvelous vision. So here is one of our communities. Um, This is Agawan um, Agawan Community Women's Health Committee in India. So this group, formed in April 2017, Um, but two years ago, a rubbish dump started just 100 metres away from where they were living. Um, And these women, they formed together to to kind of care for for the health of their their community, and this rubbish dump actually became a significant health issue. 
Um, so one woman shared, woman shared, we want it removed because it is a health risk being so close to our homes. Dead animals are being dumped there as well as burning plastic and the smell is so bad. Since the dump was started, the number of flies and mosquitoes have also increased, increased dramatically. So what this group of women did is they've actually been working to advocate um, this rubbish dump to be stopped. So they've organised roadblocks and advocated to local government, um, which I think is amazing. A group that was formed to come together and care for the health of their neighbourhood, taking advocacy action to actually go, no, we actually want our community to, to live, um, live differently. To, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's just like one example. I think that's a beautiful one of, of embodying something that we long for, embodying the future glory that we long for. Um, the next example is from Preylang Forest in Cambodia. So it's just to the north of Cambodia. And on the slide you can see there's been severe deforestation over the years, um, largely from Ill illegal logging activity. Um, and Preylang Forest is actually a really central, um, central area, I guess, for a lot of different, um, different environmental, economic and food security reasons. Um, it also helps to regulate water the weather systems and also helps to mitigate climate change because it's a big carbon sink as well. But from 2013 to 2016, deforestation um, tripled in this area. And in 2016, 11,000 hectares were cleared illegally. Um, and that was the year it was declared a wildlife sanctuary. On top of this, there's about 250,000 Khoi people and other indigenous groups that live in the villages neighboring this forest as well. But where we see something of, of creation kind of um, this community embodying something of the future glory um, is through these, this group here. So um, in 2001, um, the communities living in and around the forest formed something called the Prey Land Community Network to protect the forest from land, land grabbing and large scale logging. So today the, the Prey Land Community Network um, is a well-organized group and this is a, a picture of them here. And um, there's over 400 members today and they conduct regular forest patrols to collect data and also um, to particularly also engage any illegal activities. And they do come across illegal loggers and other, other people in the forest. So one of the issues that they've been having um, was actually they were encountering some violent, having some violent encounters as they were actually coming in contact with illegal loggers and other people in the forest. Um, so in 2015, um, Peace Bridges Organisation, which is one of the other organisations we work with in Cambodia, they started running non-violent training with this group. Um, and, and they've actually said that has been transformational. So now that they go about their activity in a non-violent way and actually are equipped to do that, um, as they, they do encounter illegal loggers in the area. Um, I just think that's a beautiful example of how this, this community, this this, um, this network is actually embodying something of Christ and how they live now in anticipation for what's ahead. Um, but yeah, how do, how do we apply this to our lives? What do we do today from this Romans, this Romans 8 passage? And for me, a key takeaway is that we're, we're still of this world. We, we still experience the groaning and that groaning doesn't go away. I know I feel it heavily, um, feeling the weight of that groaning, especially in a year like we've had this year. There is, there is so much need and we're, we're so, yeah, we feel it. Um, but one thing we can do is actually to come alongside those who are groaning right now, to come alongside those who are impacted by structural inequality and poverty, to come alongside those who are experiencing the effects of climate change most severely, to come along those sides on the, those on the margin, margins who need voice and agency. And together we can, we can call for change for those who are groaning 
there are a lot of people groaning right now and we can actually step in and, and help to call for change and, and be empathetic, understand um, that groaning, but also live differently because of the future. Um, we can actually, yeah, become more like Jesus today because we know that that future, that hope, that creation will be liberated and, um, and everything will be made new. All things will be restored. So um, some of you may, may have seen this, but this is just a new campaign that we've launched um, between Tear and Common Grace. And this is one way we can actually step in um, and call for change for those who are growing, those who are experiencing the effects of climate change most severely. So this is a campaign to equip, equip anyone who wants to meet with their local member of parliament um, to actually step up and call for change, um, engage in that systems and structural change of advocating um, for those who are groaning right now. Um, so please let me know, myself or Jess, know if you'd like to find out a bit more about that too. Um, but I might just, might just finish there um, and maybe pray for us. Um, Father God, I just thank you so much. Um, yeah, that you are so active in our world and you invite us to participate in in your world, in your, in your great plan to, to liberate creation and make all things new. I pray that we do take it seriously in, in stepping into that, um, not just waiting for that to come, Lord, but, but being made new and being made more like Christ every day and embodying something of the future glory that we await. Um, I just pray for Tears communities and our partners throughout the world who are feeling that groaning. Um, yeah, may we, have, may we have compassion. May we seek to understand and come alongside and pray and give and, and love to, to all that we can. Um, yeah, I just thank you also for this community here um, and how you are working through them to make them more like your son. In your name we pray. Amen.